my podcast episode and I honestly don't know what I'll talk about. I, uh, I've been told so many times that I should just talk or write or just express all these things inside of me. I have a lot to let out. I haven't lived necessarily, if you hear that noise, it's a squeak in my computer chair. Um, I wouldn't say that I've lived necessarily an extraordinary life. I have lived an unordinary life, but I think that my way of feeling and perceiving has what has made it extraordinary for me. There have been a lot of traumatic circumstances, things that have been out of my control and things that I, you know, for lack of better words, uh, I could have avoided. Um, But regardless, life has led me to this point at 28 years old. I have a few things wrong with me, physically, health-wise. But, for the most part, I can't really complain. It's been a great life. Um, I guess one thing I've always been really fond of, and that's always made me feel very deeply, as I'm sure many others have, is music. I'm listening to music right now. I'm listening to Coldplay, a song called The Scientist. They're one of my favorite bands, Coldplay. Just listening to the music reminds me, well, I shouldn't say reminds, but it makes me see in my mind and feel like a, a 50 degree day, Fahrenheit, obviously, with uh, cloudy, maybe next to the ocean with the mist hitting you not sad not happy just you know just in your feelings and uh, I must say um, music has probably been if not one of then definitely if not the, then definitely one of the greatest outlets for me as far as to express and to feel and to heal. Without music, I don't think I would want to be alive. If I had to choose whether I could hear music or whether I could see, I would much rather hear music the rest of my life it's that easy the most beautiful sounds I've heard just thinking in my mind not even talking about Coldplay at this point but just the things that I've heard when I've picked up my own instruments my guitar been on my drums been at a piano in a perfectly acoustic room and you just make a tone or the sound of a voice the sound of a baby screaming or laughing or 
the sound of a loved one. All these things, they resonate in my mind. You know, we might forget a face, but whenever we hear a certain tone, it takes us back to a place. Hmm, that kind of rhymed, didn't it? We may forget a face, but a tone takes us back to a place. Huh, I didn't mean for that to happen, but I like little things like that. Oh. What else shall I talk about? You know, I wanted to start this because I figured, and I hope this doesn't, you know, make me sound uh, egotistical or egocentric or whatever, but I had just kind of felt that something unique inside of me was different than other people. And I believe the same for every single person. I guess I believed it enough inside of myself that I could share something. And that maybe it would benefit somebody. That's my only hope. That's... (laughs) I would say selflessly, especially in my later 20s, my whole reason for doing anything has not been for me, but for others. I should uh, backtrack a little bit. When, when I was um, 17, my adopted father, my grandfather, called him Papa. He uh, had a heart surgery and he was given three years to live. I dropped out of high school that year. That was my senior year. There were some other factors, but my main factor for dropping out was to be with him as much as I could. And over those next three years, as hard as it was on me, I did my best to be with him. Wake up as early as I could when I wasn't working. Sure, some days. Maybe not all the time. We had other family members helping, but I was one of the main ones. My grandmother, my adopted mom, Granny, she's an angel. She's a saint. She she did it all. She did way more than I could ever have ever dreamt of doing for him. And um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my Aunt Debbie, his daughter. She moved across the street to take care of him. But she, um, she was never easy on me as a teenager and in some early 20s to when Papa passed. I did take up a lot of responsibility, which I don't resent, but I was still a young man and uh, a lot of, you know, I missed out on a lot of things, which I don't fully regret but I just wish she would have taken them differently. I wish I would have taken more time with him. I did do a lot with him. You know, we'd wake up every morning, we'd shave, brush our teeth. He'd take, you know, we'd, we'd bathe him and clean him. I'd take him to the bathroom and wipe his behind for him or measure his urine outtake, his fluid input, I mean, yeah, his fluid outtake, his fluid intake, all these things. 
um, you know, it was very um, foreign, I think, for a, I would say, a teenager to, to do that for their parent at that age, but, you know, when you think about what a parent does for their child when they're a baby, it's not so foreign, so... I guess I'm not I'm not entirely sure what my point is here but after he passed I would have given anything anything and I mean anything in this world anything that I inherited any part of my health anything to spend more time with him he's the one man that has taught me the most in my life and he left me when I was 20 I felt so vulnerable when he was gone but after he left I tried to make it a point to be there more for the people I loved yes I was there for him a lot and a lot of my family know that a lot of my friends know that and me and my pa were best friends We did everything together, but still, I wasn't there every single step of the way. And some would argue that maybe someone at my age at that point would need a break once in a while, which I would argue, you know, that's that's each their own, but it was stressful. It's not the breaks from him that I wanted. It's wanting to take his place that... I struggled with the hardest. I, uh, I'm admitting, I'm opening up to quite a lot in this very first podcast, but I don't care that you get to know these things about me because it doesn't make me weak. I live through them. They've made me stronger. They've made me who I am. And if anyone shall look down on me for having this past, then... Uh, I would say shame on you. Well, let's get back to the story. At this point, you know, between helping him, I might go outside to smoke a cigarette. Or at night, I would drink about a six-pack of beer. And I did this a lot. I called it to take the edge off, like most people. I wasn't running. I was just trying to numb what I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop that I knew one day his heart was going to stop. They told me I would have three years with him. And they were right. I had a little more than three years. April 23rd, 2011, 8.20 p.m. His heart stopped beating. That was one of the most strangest moments of my life. Other than the day that my my, my sister died. Which we will talk about. Um, at a greater length. A much later time. And we will talk about this story at a much later time. But my whole point to all of this was. Without those moments in my life. Those defining moments. That every single person has in their own life. 
I don't think that I would be who I am today. I know I wouldn't. My life would have been much different. I wouldn't be who I am right now. And that's very, um, very evident. Um, yeah. Very evident. Um, though at this point, I don't know that I have much to show for it. I'm 28. I, uh, I've never been married. I have no kids. I have a wonderful dog. My adopted mother is still alive, thank God. I hope to cherish many more years with her, though she's not in the, the greatest of health right now. I, uh, I'm going to do everything that I didn't do right with Pa towards the end. I want to spend, you know, more time doing things besides appointments and besides, you know, focusing on the bad. I want, I want to go and do things with her. I want to make memories, better memories, I guess. I made plenty of great memories with Pa, but he, uh, he was really, you know, suffering was the last few years and I uh, I think about that quite often he didn't deserve it you know sometimes I wonder if if he deserved those three years of hell if life would have been easier if he would have just died on that table the moment they opened into his heart It was such a rough road for him. And when I was at that age, I was, you know, 17, partying, fishing, drinking, chasing women, doing things, not thinking about the, the gravity of the situation completely until I saw him for the first time. We won't talk about this all tonight. It's way too much to cover in one night, but it is enough to, uh, you know, give a good preface of how crazy things have gotten at a certain point. Um, what else shall we mention? I've talked about that I'm adopted. Um, my mother was a drug addict, and so was my father. Both spent time in many jails and prison and such and uh, my relationships with them were always distorted my father passed away when I was 25 he died of a pulmonary embolism um, sadly enough after uh, my grandpa passed I started to get close with my dad my, my biological dad and um, when uh when he passed, I was in physics class actually, and it was actually on my grandpa's birthday. It was so, you know, tragic and poetic at the same time, and it just, I don't know. I don't have the words. I think about it often, and uh, I just wish I could make it all make sense. Maybe one day, maybe one day it will all make sense. 
Hmm. This has been quite depressing, huh? I guess, looking back at my life, there are a lot of depressing points, but don't let it fool you. There's been a lot of great points. I fell in love twice. I had wonderful experiences with those people, those women. I've had a lot of amazing, you know, uh, adventures with my friends, my twin brother, who I love dearly. I'd give my life for him if he needed it right now. I, uh, but these last few years have been hell. My health has taken a turn for the worse, and I'm not dying like I've said, but I'm not in perfect health. It seemed a few years ago my future was very bright. Uh, a late bloomer as far as a college student. But I was uh, in Calculus three in Physics and, and doing all these wonderful things with an engineering degree and then I got sick. A neurological disease that's attacked my system. and It's nothing that's degenerative, but it certainly makes my life a little bit more difficult. I guess it's just more of a more of a challenge to make uh, the sweet that much sweeter when I get to the those victories. Um, gosh, I sound so uh, cliche right now. I feel. Um, what else? Uh, but yeah, over this over these last, hmm, I guess four years. My body has changed. Uh, neurologically. Physically, not really. Physically, my body has taken a toll throughout life. I was always a rough guy, rough kid. Getting hurt, breaking bones, doing things and getting... A lot, I had a lot of car crashes and... Yeah. <laughs> um... That's a lot to talk about, too, as well, I guess. Um, but I've had a lot of experiences that... One thing that I think separates me from people, and like I said, not egocentrically, um, but it's just the way that I feel and the way that I analyze things so deeply. And not in a negative light, but just... I dissect things in my mind. Every situation, which can be very good in a lot of t uh, circumstances, but at the same time, it can also be very bad. I guess it's a double-edged sword, if you will. Um, <sighs> forgive me, it's quite late. It's 3.30 in the morning, and I'm yawning. Seems that the nighttime or early late morning, those are the best times for me. I, uh, it's when my mind is at its best for some reason. Regardless, um, I hope that this podcast, uh, not necessarily that it takes off and skyrockets or anything like that, but I hope that, uh, as time goes on, the more that I make these uh, episodes, we'll have an idea of what to talk about. Hopefully it'll be meaningful, like I said before. 
I am uh, starting a blog, actually, and starting to write more than I've ever written before. <sighs> Sorry. Um, and I hope to connect them all. I, um, just about every day I open my computer, check my email, go to my blog, write that I haven't set free for people to see yet, pick up my guitar and find new tones, play video games, do anything to quiet my mind. I'm, uh, I'm pretty anxious for the next coming weeks, actually. I should be starting a new yoga and tai chi class to learn how to quiet things. That's probably one of my biggest problems is, um, I am an anxious and stressful person, and, but at the same time, I'm very calm. It's hard. It's, it's such a paradox, and that's such a word that I've become very fond of over the last year, almost year due to a very good friend. I'll leave her, I'll leave her name out of this. Um, I don't know if she would want me to mention her, but I'll just call her Kay for right now. She's a very social person, and uh, if she ever listens to this, G-Muffin, Thank you is all I can say. Um, I think I'm going to end this one here. It's been 22 minutes. <sighs> and I'm yawning. I... I will try to write down... <laughs> or come up with ideas for the next podcast. And have guests on. And hopefully have meaningful conversations interviewing people, talking about life, culture, what's going on in today's world, you know, history, anything, anything that's relevant. Um, and I hope that uh, whoever listens to these, that you enjoy them. And if you have any suggestions or concerns, please feel free to contact me. I'm sure there's a way to do that. Um, but uh, at this time, I will say thank you for tuning in to the Stone Lounge. I'm Michael Stone. You can call me Stone, like everybody else does. And uh, until next time, I reckon I'll catch you later.